You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 72nd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. I'm the little guy in Minneapolis. Uh, joining me as always is Spencer Howe in Boston, Massachusetts. Hello, little guy. How are you? Good. How are you doing up there? Pretty good. Pretty good. Ready to get another show on the road. All right. And joining us, not as always, he's back from his uh, mini vacation. Self-imposed Tim, exile. Self-imposed vacation. Tim, the super rookie, the blue-buttered butterfly, Hayes. I'm here. Um, you know, it was nice to kind of take a break, step away from things, but I'm happy to be back in the uh, swing. And I got to admit, guys, after 72 episodes, I can't believe it only took us five takes to get an intro that uh, for all of our listeners, which, by the way, have increased since I've left the show and it really? makes me feel a little disappointed. So I want to bring it all back That's down good. a level. That's good to hear. Yeah, let's get rid of those those yeah. those new additions to our uh, podcasting listening family. Yeah, we don't want this to get out of hand. Yeah, we, no. need to get, we need to get rid of those guys. And of course, the big news um, for me, just to rehash, guys, we haven't had a chance. Like, I haven't talked to you about it. Carlos Betancourt, some movie star, no longer a fan of AG2R, I am. <laughs> Is that, is right. that what you're going to start talking now? Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, that was exciting. Uh, I guess kind of exciting. I'd rather that he was on AG2R, but Movistar is all right. I, I, I think it's it's the perfect place for him. But anyways, so guys, lots of things do going on. Do you think it's a perfect place for him? I, I don't do. know if anything's a perfect place for him. I think, like a sweet shop. I think it's a perfect place for him because they're going to be able to control him. They're going to be able to watch what he's uh, doing a little bit more than oh, uh, a French oh, team. Oh. You can't control the gummy bear. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hopefully Quintana's a good influence on him or, you know, he's got more, more, more of the folks he's known longer around him. But who knows? Well, um... So with the uh, mentioning Quintana, I think right away we should just get into the Vuelta, but we do have a lot to talk about tonight. In particular, we're going to go over the newest controversy in the cross season. We're going to go over, um, you know, basic greenway etiquette. NPR is doing mm. stories now on it. And then uh, we're going to go over our very own live show. And uh, Spencer, do you have the details just to go over? Because the live show is around the corner. The live show is around the corner. It's uh, probably coming up a little quicker than any of us uh uh, are expecting but um yeah so the show is up uh tickets are available online right now uh we are playing uh as we've mentioned at the coalition theater in uh richmond virginia the friday night um of the world's weekend so um so we do you know if you're going to be in richmond that's the place to be friday night um 10 p.m it's going to be awesome get your tickets it's only five bucks uh, we've got a, a, a hot link for you to take you straight to, uh, to where to get tickets. You can go to bit.ly slash slow RVA and, uh, and you'll find all the info there. And, um, yeah, we hope to so, see you out there, man. It's so going to be awesome. Bit.ly slash slow RVA. Spencer said it's the, you said it's the, the world's weekend, but just in case people don't know when worlds is, it's nine twenty five. Yeah, it's a Friday night. Um, gonna Friday be excited. night, just a couple come, weeks away. Come drink some. It's the same day with us. U twenty three races that day, right? Am I am I correct? I don't think so. I think isn't Friday the day off? Isn't that like? Oh, really? Course, yeah, it could uh, be. Course of uh, really review. Yeah, yeah, so obviously the show is going to go off without a hitch. Here, we've got everything yeah. dialed in, and uh, we're ready to go. So. Um, you know, we're just going to pull up that calendar and actually take a look. But uh, cool. You know. So we hope yeah. to see everybody there. And again, it should be a good time. And we're going to give you all types of cool advice on how most to 
enjoy the Richmond World Championships, like expert opinions, so you can stand near other cycling fans and act like you know what you're talking about. So you can be like, yeah. ooh, that's Peter Sagan. He's pretty we good. Sh- we ooh, should that's... just... we. Sh- should do the whole show should just be like tips for things that you can sort of offhandedly casually say slightly mm-hmm. under your breath, but just loud enough that people hear you and think you have a lot of knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, that's right. And we'll be taking so like, questions. like deep knowledge about like the Polish team or something, <laughs> you know, yeah. like real deep cuts like, Oh, that guy has uh, going to be a good oh. worker in the first hour. Oh man. Really, really stuff. glad they switched up the skin suits this year. Yeah. <laughs> so it should be a good time i'm very excited for it guys and i think that uh you know we're gonna have a good time that friday night at the uh at the theater so go to bit.ly slash slow rva and get your five dollar ticket what a what an experience all right it'll be great so guys let's talk about the volta let's talk about the volta and tomorrow happens to be what some are saying the hardest grand tour stage of all time as they go into say tomorrow we mean the day that everybody will be listening to this podcast on that's right so the first chance they'll have to listen to this so when we say tomorrow we actually mean mean today today. yeah so what we could do wednesday when you're hearing this but it's tuesday right now what we what we could do is actually get we could do a live like like we're phil liggett and Paul Sherwin and talk about what's happening. So let me give it to you right now. Nairo Quintana wins. Ooh, Valverde takes second. Chris Froome is popped. That wasn't at all. If you were going to do it, Ligeti, you'd have to be like, oh, he's on the edge of his saddle, and oh, Quintana attacked just like a certain Mr. Lance Armstrong used to. (laughs) Dancing on the pedals. Dancing on the pedals. And oh, is that Nicholas Roach coming up to take with, oh, he's going to take the win. Only, oh, I'm sorry. There's oh, still 500 oh. meters left, and that's Chris Froome. It looks like he's seventh, actually, not first. Uh, he won't be first. So, so, Timmy, you're pulling for Quintana, obviously, because you have a one-track mind, and you only pull for Quintana all the time. Spencer, <laughs> who do you who do you peg for tomorrow? Because it's it's like the most ridiculous day ever. Like they're making big big stink about it being the hardest stage ever. Six yeah. times, 138k. So it's not a lot of k. It's like 6,000 feet of climbing or something. Or maybe I'm making that up. Maybe it's 4,500 or 5,000. But it's ridiculous, whatever it is. It's completely ridiculous. And, and, I mean, those kind of stages are really hard to pick. I mean, you look at the profile and there's one, two, three Cat 1s, followed by a Beyond category, and then a Cat 2, and then it finishes on a Cat 1. Everyone's going to be destroyed. So, I mean, I kind of think... You know, you want to say somebody like a Froome is going to want to stamp his authority on the hardest stage, but I kind of think it's going to be a little more of a dark horse. Um, I think uh, I think somebody like I don't know. I almost want to say Joachim Rodriguez, but I don't think he'll do it. But somebody mm-hmm. like that. You're only See, saying that be because breakaway. no, Spencer. You're only saying that because that's the picture that's on Cycling News right now of this. <laughs> of this. <laughs> Yes. Well, it is. Oh, it is. When they the article thing. about well, it. All right, I got Here, a prediction. It's a good Here, pick. No, no. He's second win. overall right now. Yeah, hey, it's it's not like he's not right now. This stage will be won by Rafael Micah. How about that? Oh, okay, that, 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 there we go. Now, I got to say that this profile looks like shark's teeth. And the best yeah. part is it's only 138 kilometers long. So it's going to be short and it's going to be hard. And it is going to be that, painful. You know, they might and, just neutralize each other, though. I mean, it might be like... You know, we've had this in other tours in the last few years where they make these ridiculous hard stages like in the Giro, and then everybody just kind of looks at each other the whole time. Like, they basically, nobody wants to take a chance. See, I yeah, could nobody see wants that. to blow it up. Uh. See, what I believe is going to happen is that there'll be, a, there'll be a bona fide break that goes off on this, and that's yeah. where the stage winner will come from. But there Gear will be blown. some attacks uh, near the end there. Because uh, yeah. there will be some time differences. Um, um, there will, but I think everyone's afraid. Like, they're... Like, the the formula for a stage is like maybe there's three big climbs and so guys kind of have an idea of how to pace themselves but like six climbs this much climbing like nobody really knows especially the day after a rest day like you don't know how people just don't know how their bodies are going to respond you know like big question without saying who's going to win the stage is 
already said who's going to win the stage. Is, is, I mean, is Dumoulin yeah. going to still be in the red jersey at the end of the day? I think he almost has a better chance because it is such a ridiculous stage, even though he's not like the world's greatest climber and they're like making a big deal about how he's like too heavy and blah, blah, blah to like hang with the pure climbers and all this crap. But like because they'll kind of neutralize each other, I think he almost has a better chance than if it was a traditional mountain stage and these guys like it was typical enough they knew they could like blow the race apart. Like and he's got a minute on Rodriguez. He's got like fifty seven yeah. seconds. So, like he he could he could lose some time and stay up there far enough that then if he can like hold off on the next mountain stages, he could crush the time trial and be right in there with a podium. Well, let's, uh, let's pivot on that little guy. Let's go from, um, what you were saying, because uh, most of our listeners are going to be joining us after the, the, the stage. So pivot this (laughs) into the final two, two weeks of the Vuelta. Um, do you, you think that there is a good chance that Dumoulin, uh, even ends up on the podium? Is he the real big, uh, star so far of the Vuelta and, because I, I tell you, I've been enjoying watching him race. I think so. He's he's obviously good, and yeah, we haven't got to the time trial yet, which is his thing. So he's climbing this well. I can see him having a high place. You know, Ro- like him and Roach have been like the biggest surprises to me. Like obviously Roach has finished top ten in races, but he kind of hasn't done anything for years, and especially now that he's on Sky. Like you just don't expect him to like actually be riding GC again. It actually seems legit. Like it kind of sucks for him that he's on Sky right now because obviously he's not the team leader. And on any other team, you know, they'd all be they'd be all in for him right now. I don't know. What do you think, Spencer? How long is he going to last? I think he's. Uh, I think he's going to surprise some people. I think he's in it to win it. Um, you know, he's been knocking on the door for a while. He's one of those uh, one of those guys I've had on my Velo Games teams for a while. So. Uh, is he on your Villa Games team right now? He's on, yeah, and that's sure why Spencer's is. doing actually okay. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll get to that later. <laughs> so so Chavez. Know. Chavez, I would say, is would be the other um, revelation yeah. to most folks kind of in that first week. You know, he's kind of held tough and put together. I know most people knew that he could uh, compete and climb, but... You know, he's, he's, he's put together some he's things. He's in a good but, spot still. Yeah. He I mean, could, I mean he could maybe round a resurgence, except for the fact that he's on Orca Green Edge, and they seem to only come for the first week of every tour and then sort yeah. of, like, go into, like, shutdown mode for two <laughs> well, weeks. Well, that's because the bus gets unstuck. So I think that the um, the big revelation for me, and not really a revelation, but guys, Nicholas Roach, like, continually up there all the time. Yeah. How awesome is that? Yeah. It's cool. He's not really my favorite oh, rider at all. Thanks, Spencer. Like thanks, Spencer. Uh, okay. well, come on, Spencer. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, Spencer's just bummed because Dan Martin's out. Like that's he's oh, probably still I, bummed I, I about Dan Martin getting knocked out of the race. Martin was actually riding really well. I actually I mean, thought Martin had a legitimate GC chance to be like guys, top five. You How guys about? Are you guys are doing your best, feeling Paul, right now, talking about all the all the English speaking riders that are doing well. It's pretty good. Well, well, we're talking talk- about Chavez and Dumoulin. They're not English speaking. <laughs> Dumoulin just sounds. Like his name, first name is Tom, so we just he's really you know easy. Else, he's the butterfly. Who else has been impressing me is uh, is Luis Mentes from MT and Quebeca, who is inside the top ten. Uh, he's been climbing really well, and uh, I had him on my tour team in the Velo Games, and uh, unfortunately, he didn't. Uh, he only really sh- shown in one stage there, but uh, his promise. Yeah. Uh, he is coming to fruition now. And um, what about what about the other thing? Is, what about MTN getting another stage win? That's huge yeah. for them as yeah. a wild card team. Pulling stage wins in two Grand Tours this year—that's yeah. ridiculous. That's and, so great for them and pretty awesome wins. And guys, how about the biggest story of them all? That Heimar Zubeldia is currently beating <laughs> Frank Schleck in oh, the overall no. by like what did se- I what did minutes. I say what did I say would what I would. I bet you a dollar or something. Hey, Trek Factor Racing's top GC guy right now, Heimar Zubeldia. That's yeah. always. Yeah. Let's not talk about Heimar. Let's talk about, and I don't even remember his name, but the guy from Trek who won and then found out he had a broken bone in oh, his hand. Or that whatever. was pretty amazing. That still won and that was his hand. first pro win, too. And that's that's pretty awesome. Like it's, I don't know what it is about Trek. They sort of just... I don't know, like, they feel sort of like this nameless void of a team currently to me yeah. when I see them. And like, I think it's because, like, none of their star riders seem to 
do well anymore. Like Cancelera just breaks bones. Like obviously he's good, but he gets hurt so much. And then like Frank and Heimar, we know them and they don't do anything. Devolder doesn't do anything. And then the only guys that do anything are guys on their team we've never heard of. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes, yeah. for Steven. But either way, I don't remember his name. I wish I did. That's a sweet win. Get your first win. Even though you fell down in that huge pileup uh, that day, took out a lot uh, of the big guys. I mean, and, we're uh, talking lots of big yeah. guys got taken out in that. And, it, you know, we still have, um, I mean, the the carnage that's happening. And we'll get to the Peter Sagan um, hissy fit in just a second here. But um, uh, Chris Beckman's still in a medically induced coma with facial injuries. Yeah. We had TJ Vergarderen dropping out of the race with a, um, a, I think, a broken shoulder, right? Or yeah, collarbone? Yeah, broken, broken shoulder. Um, yeah. You've got... Uh, that's a bad injury, man. That's yeah. I mean, that's that's going to be tough. That's, that's what Dan back. Martin had, too. Yeah. So both and of those guys out. You know, that's just kind of... It was carnage at the, uh, yeah. the Vuelta. With all types of people getting dropped out, it's a very... You, you hate to see that even to folks that you're not the biggest fans of. Because you wish that they would get, um, you know, just drop out out of, uh, you know, inability to finish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, the, the crashing you don't want to wish even on your enemies. Uh, well, no. I mean. That was a bummer. But, yeah, so that that was a big thing. And, you know, now with um, Dan Martin out, Dan Martin's going to be uh, changing teams. And then we also have Roberto Uran changing teams. So who got the better end of the uh, trade here? Garmin, um, who's picking up Iran, or do we have uh, Quickstep, who's picking up Dan Martin? Who got the better end of the stick? I don't know. It depends what you want. I think I think it kind of actually works better for each team in that Quickstep Quickstep can't seem to ever get their GC thing together, no matter how many guys they've like picked up through the years. Like they obviously they've got some second places in the Giro with Iran, but like they're more about having a guy. For the classics and Dan Martin is perfect for them to ride in the Ardennes classics. Whereas Iran usually doesn't really hit those super hard, but he's there for GC and that's, that's Garmin's thing is like the crazy GC, the like random GC guy. So it kind of works out, I think. Plus they're getting Pierre Roland. Yeah, true. Stage hunter. I don't know. I think <laughs> it kind of, it's kind of hard for quick step though. Cause they're, I mean, I don't know. They're losing Iran and they're losing Kwiatowski and they're only gaining Dan Martin. They're just, yeah, they're adding another, well, yeah. But they've got, so, what's his name? They got the French guy who finished way up there this year. Like, they're going to have a good Ardennes team. They just don't have any GC threats anymore on Quick Step. Every week. It's, every week, little guy. The French guy. That guy. What is say, his name? Ella Philippe. Ella Philippe. That guy. I know. I, I don't know why I yeah. can't remember his name. There's some writers' names that, like, you know, what it is like. There's some writers that, like, even though they have, I remember a name everyone's never. Name. No, you know what I mean. Like, there's these writers' names that like drill into your brain, and they're like so easy to to spot out, even though it's it's like the least common name, for, like in my everyday life. And then there's some guys' names that I just cannot hold <laughs> on to. And like, you mean Domenico Posavivo? Like, I can remember Posavivo, but like. There's other names that, like, the construction of it, I can see the letters in my brain, and then I, like, go to pronounce it, nothing happens. <laughs> you know, like, I can see Philippe or whatever his name is, like, I can see it, like, kind of shaped out and written in my mind, and then I go for it, and I'm like, no clue. No clue what I'm, where I'm, I, I don't have, like, that, you know, like, it, whatever, I don't know what it's technically called in the dictionary when, the, you know, it's written out phonetically. That's, I do know what it's called. <laughs> I don't have that. Thanks, little guy. <laughs> And this concludes today's opinion. lesson with the little guy. Anyway, so, I don't know what it is. You know, the, the, the other big news I think that um, all of us need to uh, watch out for is that John Degenkolb is the only bona fide sprinter left in the race, so he's going to win the rest of the sprint stage. Which, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he hasn't you know, this, won any yet, so... So if you were... If, if there was one Grand Tour you could do, which one would you do? Because now you've got the Giro, which I, you know, has like the passion and the history. You got the the Tour, which is like, you know, the biggest show in the world, right? Pomp and, and circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got the Vuelta, which is just like awesome. JV. Like it's just like we're gonna try it's all types of JV, we're gonna try it's all types awesome. of no, but we're gonna try all kinds of crazy stuff and see if it works, and then we'll bring it to the Tour. Like, yeah, it's organized by the same people. That's what I mean. Like, you know, it's like yeah. the trial run. 
And I don't know which one I would rather be in, to be honest, because while I like the Giro and this idea that you can wear a pink and get away with it, and it's amazing, and you're like, <laughs> oh, it's Italy, and I like the passion behind it, the Volta is quickly becoming the coolest race out there. Like, yeah. I actually care that it's three weeks this year. Maybe it's because oh, I'm more into um, Velo games and more into, like, you know, trying to sound educated for our Richmond live show. Yeah, um, but the, mainly. you know, the sadness of I'm watching every stage. It's been great. Some of these climbs that are going up. They take, you know, the guys get onto the climb and then they're immediately paper boying it. Like we're talking 19%. They have six, what, finish uh, stage finishes that they've never been on before. Like where do they yeah. keep finding these roads? Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. And I'm, I'm very, very excited for it. I'm, I'm with you. It's kind of cool because the Volta kind of has nothing to lose. Like for so many years, people were writing it off and talking crap about, you know, like people like you, Tim, saying it should be reduced to two weeks. <laughs> Bunch of bullshit. We all could tell that it's a grand tour. That means it's three weeks long. Um, if they ever make it two weeks, I, I'm boycotting it. I'm not talking about oh, it. No, you're I'm not. not. I'm not. I'm done. <laughs> fuck, fuck cycling if they're going to do stupid shit like that. It's over. Like they, they, they have to stop. I know this, like all this, like cycling reform stuff in the last few years, and like they want to like bring more money into it and like more audience. But there's certain things they have to just get away from and stop trying to like better things by messing with good things. Like grand tours are three weeks long, you know. Like it's just, it's just is. You can't mess with that, you know. You can't like be like, well, the World Series would play a lot better if we did a more. We did 10 games, but they were all five innings. It would it'd be snappier for the fans, you know? It doesn't work. All right. No, 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 no. We're talking about like a, a best three of five series as opposed to a four of seven, you know? Uh, so, four of seven, but shorter games, so you can knock them out in like one beer. Oh, all right. And with that, we'll be right back with viewer, or I mean listener email, listener Twitter account. And then we got to talk about Peter Sagan being worse than that first grader you used to beat up in the playground. This is Sarah Goff, U.S. Olympian, and this is the Slow Ride Podcast. Hey, this is Jake Wells. Do, 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 do. Okay, go super gay. Ain't no rookies in here. This is Eric Saunders. <laughs> I wish that's what he said. Do, 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 do. Do, do, right. do. Wait, no, that's not it. Ah, okay, well, we're back. Um, you know, guys, Twitter's been blowing up a little bit. So real quick, give a big shout out to uh, Brianna. Has there ever been a week where we didn't say, hey, Twitter's been blowing up? No, but Brianna put a picture of... She is canning while she's listening to four episodes of the Slow Ride Podcast. And little guy, you need to get on the Twitter because she's got the ball jars out and she's got a bunch of peaches and mm-hmm. she's canning. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I can't think I of anything Litz. worse to do. I bought Lids tonight for canning. <laughs> like earlier tonight, I bought some. And, and then, Caitlin's actually in the oh, kitchen I mean, right now. I think she's going to can some, uh, plum, some plum jam we made. I don't know if you guys saw over the weekend, but we had a little blow up from Toronto. Apparently, we've got like four listeners in the Toronto metropolitan area. So what's up um, to all our? I like your city a lot. That's a fun city. So look, I insulted our our Toronto uh, listener last week, and then I did. How did I do that? Well, the rest of them spoke up, and we're like, no, no, there's more than one. So that was that was exciting to see. Oh yeah, I did talk about Toronto. I totally forgot. Uh, well, well now we've just they, alienated all they, four of them. Did they confirm my Bell story? Yeah, they yes, did. they did. Okay, so, all right, cool. I'm not crazy. Hey, uh, Diamond Geezer wants to know, hey, what are the best bikes you've ever ridden? Ooh, I got I got one. You guys <laughs> got one? Your best bike? Of all the bikes you've Oh, no, it's really tough. I've got two best bikes. <laughs> that I've had. No, you can only have one little guy. What is it? I well, think, no, I got like, I I got like a best should, value and a best okay. crazy. Little guy, I yeah. think maybe we, should, me and you, should both pick uh, which of our uh, which bike of Tim's is our favorite that he bought. Oh gosh, that's like <laughs> this is like like it looks like. That's, All uh, right, I'm I'm game for this, guys. <laughs> what was the best bike that I have ever purchased? What's the Gilmore? 
obviously the bike you bought for Sarah, I think is the best one you ever purchased is the like, it's like a 650 rear, a 24 front funny bike <laughs> from the 80s, like track bike. I mean, it's ridiculous. And it's I set it up a as a coaster brake, and she loves it. I set it. it up with a coaster. I'm sure she loves it, but it's goofy. <laughs> like it's one super of those goofy. Rivendell style nitto stems. <laughs> yeah, you got to admit, it's like, it's a goofy, goofy, goofy bike. I think it's a pretty big my, stem. My, my favorite <laughs> bike of Tim's that he ever bought was the quote unquote Dean. Uh, titanium <laughs> frame that he bought off the I forgot about that bike. For like $100, and it was turned out to be like a specialized hybrid frame that someone had stripped all the paint off of and yeah. put Dean stickers on. Perfect decals. But it did, like, in the description <laughs> on eBay, the guy did say, like, I mean, it says it's a Dean, but I don't know if it's a Dean. And I was like, well, it looks like a Dean to me. <laughs> the best thing about it's the cheap. Dean, though, is that Tim wrote it, and was obviously not happy with the performance no. of his bicycle. It's his cross bike. Didn't then, they have a racy geometry? Yeah, you like sold it to TC, our buddy TC. Yeah, I did. TC set it up, and I remember riding with TC, and TC was like, I don't know, man, that thing's terrible to ride. <laughs> like He couldn't get it right either. And he he just sold, <laughs> passed it on to someone. But I think by that point, the, the lie of it being a Dean was out, and he, he was like clear with the next owner that it was probably going to be garbage. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, forgot what? about that, man. That was a great. That was a great bike. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, I would so, say my favorite bike was the Panasonic, but um, that was an amazing. Yeah. So, why'd you anyway, get rid of that? I got rid of the Panasonic because I didn't want a track bike anymore, and I wish I still had it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was one of my biggest regrets is that this. I got rid of it. It was a red and white Panasonic track bike that Superricky bought all go- gold components. <laughs> And like wheel set, he found yeah. these gold velocity wheels. Oh, remember the handlebars like, I got at the swap, the Mavic? Yeah, he had like all gold stuff. It was really gaudy. <laughs> it was a nice was bike, awful. really gaudy. It was, it was pretty great. Fitting for Tim though, it was perfect. So, little guy, well, what's your, what's your favorite bike you've okay, owned? Okay. Well, it's kind of tough. It's it's hard because I, I so I had a Dave Moulton for a while, and no no one ever believed I had it because uh, I, I was uh, afraid yeah. to take it out of the house. But I had uh, a Dave Moulton that was like this plum purple color with chrome lugs. Um, <laughs> and it was all campy super record. And it was just so mint. And it was a little – it was it was by far the nicest bike I've ever owned. And I, it was just so gorgeous. And it was a little too small for me. But the price was so right that I bought it. And I just – it sat in a room in my house for like two years. And I just stared at it and dreamed about it. But barely ever rode it. But the nicest bike I actually owned was that Concord. Um, oh yeah, I don't even remember the what is it Aquila? Is that the model? It was it was in the, the um the PDM colors. It was Concord frame, um, SLX tubing, internal cable routing. That was like I don't know why I sold that. I well I know why I sold it because I didn't need it because I didn't need like I had like four road bikes at the time. Why do I need a fourth? And it was like the lowest one on the totem pole. Um, but I just set that up as like my winter training bike with a bunch of like old superb pro endures. And when I think back, I was like, man, that was like my favorite bike. Like, I don't know why I got rid of that. It was so nice. It was like, I set it up with all my beater old, like my nice stuff that was really old and falling apart. And then it was yeah. my favorite bike. I shouldn't have got rid of that. I sold it for the frame fork, like $200 on Craigslist, like a total dummy. Right. So, that's that's still it. floating around in Minneapolis somewhere, probably. Probably, man. I look for those things on on uh, on eBay now and then. You know, because those those Concords were built by Sioch or whatever C I O C C. Isn't that Sioch? Um, Sioch, Sioch. I never know how to pronounce it. So I look for those because that I've had a couple bikes that were built out of that tubing, even like the Molten, and I had a Racine, and that is the only like all those Columbus SLX tube frames I've had. Like that one, just it had something extra. I don't know what it is, but it was just. It was just good. I don't know. Anyway, and, uh, it's magic. Spencer, what was your best ever bike? Uh, um, well, my favorite or my most cherished bike is uh, is the Zeus road bike that I have from, I think it's like a 76 or something with all the Zeus components on it. That was awesome. Uh, I was really, really stoked on that for a long time. I still have the frame. I can't get rid of it. It's, uh, you know, sitting in the back of a closet basically right now. Um don't know what to do with it i've been meaning to repaint it stuff like that build it up but 
It's going to be one of those projects I don't start on for 20 years or something. But my yeah. favorite riding bike, my favorite bike to ride, the one that was, you know, still to this day, I think is the best bike I've ever ridden. Um, and I, again, like little guy, I don't know why I sold it and I regret it every day since. Uh, I had a time um, <laughs> carbon frame from the, it wasn't that, it was like mid 2000s uh 2008 2009 something like that um just a just a time pulse it wasn't even like their nicest model but it rode so nice it was 100 percent worth it like if you can afford even the the bottom level time get it because they ride fantastically so i think that the the key to all of these stories guys with how awesome these bikes are that we've ridden and experienced um and graham partain gave me the great advice on the twitter he said hey I think uh, we need to, Tim, you need to buy the moot cycles right away and then ask Sarah for forgiveness. And all of yeah. these stories of cool bikes that we have and that we've ridden is that we just yeah. don't kick them when an innocent bystander picks up the bike after you're taken <laughs> down by a moto. The guy's just trying to help you. And then you well, just kick it out of his hands and you put on in the his biggest. Defense. No, you put on the biggest hissy fit. You are a professional athlete. Peter okay, in his defense, he rides specialized. <laughs> in Touché. his defense, he is a professional athlete and got taken out. I don't. Yes, in the I, middle of his job. No, no. Because like, here's the thing: is that like if that type of thing happens in any other type of sporting event, um, those guys are fined and they're that um, they're put on probation for a long. Well, time. he was fined. Yeah, two hundred Swiss francs or whatever. The the point yeah. is, is that it's, he. Yes, it was a horrible thing that happened to him. Absolutely. Uncalled for. I can understand passion, but it looks to me like he's spitting on the medical car and then he's going yeah. after just like innocent – like the guy's holding up the bike and you throw it out of his hands. Like at some point you need to be a professional and you need to be like, you know what? That wasn't your fault, dude, on the side of the road. That wasn't your fault, medical car person. Like, yeah. come on. Take it out on him in a different way. I just – you know, that whole like, oh, it was in the heat of the moment thing. Eh. That's what criminals do. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You're totally right about that stuff. I mean, he shouldn't have done that. I can understand him being upset. And you're I, right. I totally it's, can it's as hard. Well. It's hard it's hard to know how to how how how'd react in a situation. I've I've thrown my bike. He should not be allowed in any other race until the vault is over, just like Nabal. Well he won't be. Yeah, he won't be. I'm sure he won't be. Good. Well, maybe they won't because maybe because he crashed out. Maybe they'll be nice. I don't care. No, like I, th I think that the UCI should just create a new rule that says if you start a race and you don't finish, you can't race for until that race is done. <laughs> that is you a know? rule. They don't have to make a new rule. That's the rule. <laughs> they just they just decide <laughs> like to enforce it rule. every now and then. Yeah. Well, no, they you have to ask you have to like ask permission to to get out of it. So the Volta would have to grant him permission. Like the Volta would have to be like it's cool. It's not cool. And they're not going to say that. That, well, the Volta is going to say it's cool because they're going to want him to come back the next year. They they don't yeah, have to, so, as much as the Volta is supposedly the least the 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 low tour on the tour totem pole. They're they, the people are going to show up because it's always preparation for Worlds. You know, like they always have that in their back pocket. It's like it's the best preparation for Worlds every single year. So you think it's better than Tour of Alberta? Want. Yeah, I do think it's better than Tour of Alberta. Yeah. It's just it's the best preparation. Like everybody that wants to do worlds pretty much is is shows up at the Volta. Or they do like another series of races like Tour of Britain or they do the the like pro tour races in Canada that seem awesome, but like like the the route to the Volta is like the standard route, you know? So they've got they've always got that. They don't have to worry yeah. about people going on. All right. So so what about the guys who are riding the Volta but they're not maybe they're not shoe wins for worlds. They're not maybe at the tip top pointy end of that uh, Volta race. So like and maybe they're going to finish a little further down the standings. So, so like a position where you're good enough to be up there and maybe you do a last minute attack that gets pulled back and you kind of are still right. around the pointy end, but you're not Dagen cold. I see what you guys are saying. But you're thinking like on a climby stage, right? Maybe? Probably like... Uh, well, for example, the 16th stage of the Vuelta would be a perfect oh. example of something like this. Yeah, it's the, um, only like the second someone finishing, stage. Yeah, yeah, like someone maybe finishing like 16th. You think that would 16th, be something? 
you know, that's kind of got a ring to it. 16th place 16th. on the 16th stage. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And I'm looking at the 16th okay. stage profile, guys. That is a uh-huh. ridiculous um, set of uh, days. Seven categorized climbs, including a new finishing ascent. Another new finishing ascent. Yeah. 6.6K that averages 10%. Back in the day, Ouch. you wouldn't even have to wear a helmet up to the top of that. And that's another rule the UCI should get rid of. Let the guys take the helmets off when you're climbing the mountain. It just looks on cool. The last five, because you want them to go back it, to the two. It just looks yes. cool. <laughs> it just looks cool. I want to see the golden days. locks. Can you imagine seeing just Degenkolb's awesome hair? Well, yeah, who? So that's the thing. Though that's true. This is a good point, Tim. Yeah. The, the days before he- helmets were mandatory all the time, um, or just the dudes wore the hairnet helmets. You had hair was important, and now like we know Kittle's hair. Because he he does it all up for the start of the race, but like nobody, not a lot of other guys really have like impressive hair. Like Daniel Oss has some pretty good hair occasionally, but there's not like good hair in the peloton. There's Simon Gash on Giant Alpacini. Yeah, he's got a big. You know who had good hair was Iran, and then he cut his hair and he's been crappy all year. He's got to grow that mullet back. So, so what do you guys think uh, for finishing sixteenth place, sixteenth stage? All right. You guys um, got predictions? I want to hear them. I've got some predictions. I got a prediction. I want to know who's still in the race. Because, see, here's the thing. Is that so many racers <laughs> are now just out of content. Like, they yeah. don't even exist anymore, right? So, I mean, this has to be one of the highest rates of attrition that we've seen at a Vuelta. Um, or any yeah. tour in a long time. It's hot. Oh, well, well I, yeah. I think the thing for, the key for 16 stage is, like, Tomorrow, so tomorrow being today when you're listening to this podcast, the the, the day after the rest day, they're gonna they're gonna do this re- probably the hardest stage of the Volta, like, and that's gonna change. That's gonna change like everybody's goal for the race. So some guys are gonna be like, "Oh, I'm in the GC and I'm good." Some guys are gonna blow up tomorrow and they're gonna be out of the GC, so they're gonna be going for stage wins, or they're just gonna drop out. So like, it's hard to know in a week in the 16th stage when we're looking at the 11th stage right now, like. All right, I've got it. What's going to happen? But I'm calling my shot, Posavito. Posavito? All right, I got mine. Sammy Sanchez. Oh, I like that. Sammy because Sanchez. it's something I would have done. It's like, funny. In I, uh, club, I, I wish I would have got to pick for you guys because that's actually exactly who I would have picked each one of you picking. Uh, uh, this is kind of Well, amazing. I'm going to pick. I would say my I'm going to pick Kevin Reza for you then, Spencer. Who? Kevin Reza. I knew, I knew you think I knew Reza Timmy was on the BMC team? No, but Spencer but, yeah, would pick no, that. He's, just, he's more of a sprinter. No, uh, my pick for 16th on that stage is our first week hero, Arika Grainage, superstar, Esteban Chavez. Right. He's going to be up with the front group, but he's not going to come over the top with him. And the other, uh, so uh, there we have Can I it. Can my pick? No. Nope. Can I my pick? Okay, who are you picking? I'm thinking, you know who was really good last year is uh, from BMC, DeMarc or whatever. Remember that guy? He hasn't shown much this year, but I feel like he's going to start laying it on because he really wants to be on that Worlds team. All right. That's my so, pick. Do you, guys, so, do you guys remember in the Worlds last year when, like, did you watch the part where uh, uh, Kwiatkowski bridged across to the break and DeMarc looks back and he notices that Kwiatkowski has just joined them and his head just slumps? <laughs> like, are you talking about you the can just, You're talking about uh, Alessandro DeMarchi. Of BMC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like he just, he just, like his head, like you can see that he, like, he takes his pull, he looks back and he's like, he know he notices who it is in the group and he just, <laughs> all the life drains out of him because he just realized he has zero chance of winning the world championship. So we've got Demarkey from the little guy. We have um, Chavez from Spencer. And then I'm going to take Sammy Sanchez. Make sure you hashtag 16th place. Um, and then we will uh, run a little competition, uh, maybe. Buy you a Natty Bow at the uh, live show in Richmond, Virginia, um, coming up here at the end of uh, September. And that leads into the other contest we're running, guys, just real quick, because we do need to talk um, about two other important issues in the world of cycling today. The, um, the Velo Games Vuelta a la, or La Vuelta a Slow Ride. Um, right now, Rosa is in first place with the speed limits, followed by Brandon Thornton's Chocolate and Cheese, and then. Uh, Philippe with Petrozalka Poprod. 
And uh, Spencer, actually doing pretty well. Yeah. You're in sixth place, still off the wide-angle podium, but I'm sure you're going to let us uh, know how awesome you're doing. So good Very work awesome. there. Yeah. Um, you do have Dumoulin. Uh, big shout-out to Roller Derby, who I hope beats you. Um, and then mm. I am a little bit behind you, still within striking distance. I'm pretty happy with how I'm doing uh, down there. And little guy, I have to go a little ways to get to Kobo, Kobo, Kobo. <laughs> Uh, a little uh, disappointing. Um, had a lot you. of problems so far. We're at the first rest day, you guys. It's a lot, of, a lot of mountaintop finishes left. A lot of time for Aru and Posavio and Valverde to really put the hurt on. So you know, don't, don't, don't get too cocky. I just, I just want to let you guys know I'm, I'm destroying you, um, and I'm three guys down. I am three guys down. Like right yeah, now, right. I don't have Sagan, I don't have TJ, and I don't have Consolera. Hey, so, big shout out to, to Brian Girding, who is now very close to uh, beating me and uh, Spencer within striking distance. Destroying little guy, but uh, Girding, not bad. It's really turned early. On. It's early days. Girding's so. gonna—he's gonna sink like a stone. You know he is. All right. So, um, guys, the other thing we need to talk about. Um, Cross World Cup is coming up in Las Vegas at Cross Vegas. I will be there. Um, USA uh, announced their roster, a double allotment of racers for Cross World Cup. Um, obviously, Results Boy ran the data. There were a couple of snubs, but there were a couple of people that turned down invitations, most notably Logan Owen, who will be going for the uh, Road World Championships in Richmond on the U23 team. And, uh, you know, the, the big one, Justin Lundin, but the biggest story of it all was UCI now stating that you can no longer enter the pits to take a bottle feed, that you must now put a cage on your bike if you want to take water or any type of feed yeah. in cyclocross. So, gentlemen, how is this going to affect racing? And secondly, are we just going to see people going in for more pit changes or bike changes in the pit where they'll have one bike that has a bottle cage on and then one that doesn't? If that's the case, that's stupid. I mean, really, like it's not—it's not, it's not going to slow you down that much to have like a water bottle with like a third of a bottle, like third filled with water. Like these guys yeah. freaking out about the bottle. Like I do not understand. Like half the races you do, you have so much mud on your bike; it weighs thirty-five pounds. Like this—it just sounds like the most pathetic thing ever. Just put a cage on your bike, and that's why cross yeah. bikes have those really low. Like on the seat tube, like if you have a good cross bike, like that was actually like the manufacturer thought about shit, they put the the mounts really low so you can still shoulder the bike with a cage on there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the whole yeah. I think the whole thing is pretty ridiculous. Personally, you know, what's wrong with just wearing a skin suit that has a pocket? Just throw your water bottle in the back there. Because you'll never what's get it back with- in. Have you ever tried what? to? You've seen those skin suits with pockets. Have you ever tried to take something out and then put it back in? I use it all the time. That's why I'm a you, winner. You think you think you could take a bottle out of that a skin suit pocket and then during the race put it back in without losing ten spots? I don't know what you oh, do no, you, when you're you racing, little guy. But when I'm racing, it totally works. Wait, you didn't answer my question. That was like a total political dodge. Like, no, I totally agree. Green energy is awesome. Next question, please. Like, no, like you think you Tim, can put it Tim's back 100% in? Tim's hundred percent on board with losing ten spots during a race. It's fine. Oh, you know? I mean, like, well, we I don't even have ten people. We don't even have ten people in a cyclocross race down here, Spencer. So, yeah. you know, come on. I'm assuming Tim, you start you start cross races. I'm assuming with three water bottles in your jersey pockets, right? <laughs> Why do you guys always make fun of me for the amount of water bottles I have? I love carrying water, and the thing is, is that people always come up to me at the end and they're like, "Hey, can I borrow some water?" And you know what I say? I look at them you and do. I say, "No." Despite the fact that you love carrying water, you ne- I don't think you ever brought me a water bottle once in a race. Why would I? I Why would I? You were, I was always towing you back up to the front after you had a flat tire or a mechanical. Yeah, the one that, time, that one time. So the one time I this one race, I got a flat. Yeah, so I, and, so and I who got stopped a flat. for you. And, so me, yeah, why did you stop for me? That because didn't make any because sense. I like, care, and I'm a teammate. Why would you stop for me? No, like, I just told this well, story. Wait, would you it's stop like, for it's me? A, it's a Minnesota race. It's a Minnesota race, so it's it's five miles in each direction, and then you take a right turn, and you go five miles, five miles. 
flat and windy. I get a flat. I pull over. I get a wheel from like the neutral service car. Like I take somebody else's wheel. But by the time the change happens, I mean, I'm really far behind. There's no chance I'm making it back to this group of like 30 guys. What do I do? I ride as hard as I can to try to get back. And after a little bit, I'm like, well, this isn't happening. And then I see a rider floating back toward me. And I'm like, that could be him, could it? No, he's the only other guy on our team in the race. What? And Tim's like, all right. I, I waited for you, and I'm like, why did you do that? We're never going to get back on. In a million years, we will never get back on. And we did not get back on. But it was the <laughs> thought that counts. And I've also tried to do this for Spencer at the uh, some some race in Super Week. Because I know you would do it for me, but I use tires that work. You were the team leader at that point, Tim. Oh, those were the days. I can't wait. I was the team leader? <laughs> the second I got a flat? You you were the only one other <laughs> on the team. You shouldn't have stopped for me. This is why we needed to have radio. So I could be like, Tim, don't even think about it. Stay in the race, you weirdo. <laughs> well, I tried. So anyways, um, water bottles on cages, this whole – you guys think this is an okay rule for the UCI to enforce? To me, it just seems like there's probably bigger fish to do or to worry about. But sure, like why not? I don't really so care. Here's here's the thing I think. Um, I think it's fine because you probably don't need a bottle during most races anyway. Um, it's only an hour at the absolute maximum. Um, but I think the confusion is, is that last year everybody figured out that they could take a feed if they wanted to, but not in the first two laps or the last two laps. And it was this weird thing where nobody did it really before. And then they realized they could. So they kind of started to, and everybody got confused because the rule is stupid because the UCI wrote it. And yeah. so the UCI actually did something and fixed it and was like, you know what? That was dumb. Let's just take that out. And now everybody's mad, whereas if they'd have done yeah. it two years ago, nobody had noticed. Um, and, I, I mean, really, this is... it's... Oh, go on, go on, finish. Sorry. sorry. I was just going to say, oh, it boils sorry. down to Sven Gate from Vegas last year, where he took the illegal feed, should have been DQ'd by the rules, won the race, and then they didn't yeah. feel like DQing him because he won, and it's, you know, would be embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was going to say that this is the UCI's sneaky way to make us in America stop pushing cross season ever farther into August. <laughs> that could be that, too. Like, it's, good... it's their subtle way of being like, hey, assholes, this is a fall and winter sport. Yeah, stop, you shouldn't need water. Stop, it shouldn't like, be 100 degrees. <laughs> yeah, like it shouldn't start until mid-September. It shouldn't start in August. Yeah, You shouldn't I think need water. True. Well, yeah. so this whole Spencer, you you put out a tweet about how you were like, hey, yeah, don't uh, you know, just train without water bottle taking, right? Like sixty minute race, you don't need water or whatever. Yeah. And then that mm -hmm. made me think about. Do you remember that one ride we went on with Sexy Adam, and it was like a yeah. sixty mile ride, and he didn't bring water, and we're like, dude, where's your water bottle? He's like, I don't bring water if it's less than sixty miles. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Of. I was well, like, true. Oh, you yeah. guys train like sixty Adam. Yeah, I you, I can tell you guys. I raced uh, last Wednesday, first cross race of the year. It had two hundred and fifty um, people. I heard. Yeah, biggest. It'll be the biggest race of the year in Minnesota. Um, I had a water bottle stupid. cage and a water bottle on my bike, uh, but it had no water in it. Wait, whoa, second, empty. Spencer, why is that stupid? Why is it stupid that two hundred and fifty people showed up to a Wednesday night cross race? I think it sounds pretty. I think awesome. it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, part of it. Was, why is it stupid? Part of it is. Part of it is awesome, and part of it is really stupid. Okay, Most of it is in, awesome. enlighten me why 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 more of it is stupid. Why that was the first thing you thought of when we said two hundred and fifty people. I'm curious. Well, because there's not enough time in the day to give everybody a legit race. The course itself, the park, isn't suited to giving everybody a legit race. And you know, like it's a training race. I I don't know. I don't think anybody's getting. I mean, half of those people aren't getting a quality event out of it, and that's just kind of a bummer. I mean, I would I, if they're going to do something like that, I would like to see it like the low categories only. You know what I mean? Like beginners, four fives, and a women four race or whatever. And um, you know, the masters and the and the one two three guys like they can they know how to train, they know how to race. Like give uh, maybe give people a, a chance. And I'd like to see our weekend races in Minnesota get two hundred fifty people. Like none of them get two hundred fifty people. So yeah, but that uh, but we it's know, but you know that Wednesday night race gets more than your weekend races. What does that say? That's weird. You, you know what it says. You know what it says is that 
the the weekend races are too far. Yeah, the, I mean, it says that the weekend far. races are in stupid spots. They're they're too okay. far away. They're, they're too far away, and they cost thirty dollars. This this race costs fifteen dollars. No, so, but you know what? It, it's all relation. It's not. It doesn't matter what how far you're driving. It's here. It's a difference of like. So, does someone want to drive to Baker Orchard and spend thirty bucks, or do they want to ride the Greenway for thirty minutes, like a thirty minute nice bike ride where you can do the whole thing on a trail and barely have any interaction with cars, and then only pay fifteen bucks and do a race, and every one of your friends is there. And the end of it, you stop for pizza and beer on the way home. Or do you want to drive to Baker Orchard, maybe stop at a shitty grocery store, uh, get lost, end up at the flea pick and flea market? That's scary. Okay. That's, There's some that's weird dudes racing. there. No, well, that's what bike yeah. racing is. <laughs> I know we think that's what bike racing is, but unfortunately, there's a new generation of people that are like, that's stupid. That's You're wasting your time and your money. You should just do these local races that you can ride to and not waste all your time doing crap. I'm picking on Baker Orchard here, which they're not like this worst race, but like they're just the first race of the season that I'm going to locally be able they're, to go to this on a weekend. Yeah. So, so that's the one most fresh. It, you don't like Baker them Orchard, I'm sorry. Because they're a competitor sure to your so. orchard. But, uh, yeah, this is true. <laughs> so, Get your apples out of this place. So Spencer, I'm trying to flesh this out a little bit, and I know that you're not like saying the whole thing is stupid. No, but what do you say? So, like, I, I I hear what you're saying there, but I there there's some things that that I want to flesh out the answer. So, are you suggesting that, like, what, like, there should be two nights of racing then? Because what you're saying is like, oh, this race should only be for um, beginners, but that kind of defeats the whole purpose. Like, there seems to be 250 people that somewhat are enjoying themselves. This isn't like this is. Well, they're getting that's lots of people it. that show up. So, so isn't it on the promoters you, to put together a better event on the weekends to get them to go? Because it yeah. seems like a promoter's cashing in on something that we probably should have done. And if we were doing this, we would laugh all the way to the bank. We would be sitting there going, hell yeah, we got 250 people. Next year, we're going to charge $20. And I don't care about daylight savings time. We'll hold up flashlights. We're going to start you. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, is like – if you're willing to pay half the price to get half of the quality of event, I guess more power to you, but I'd rather race yeah. better events and I'm willing to pay for it. I'm willing to pay for the quality, you know, like, but, here, but here's the, the thing is I don't, I don't think you can say it's a direct half. Like the course, the course last week was, it was a good course. It was fun. And like, and it's I granted know. they I don't have the like photos. And there's a you saw photos. What the direction. hell do you you saw photos? I mean, come yeah. on, that's I've, not. I mean, I've you raced have no idea. Like, come on, I've raced. I know, but I'm telling you, the courses are better than they used to be. There. I've raced out there, and you know, I've done pretty much every job you could do out there. Uh, I'm pretty I'm familiar. Saying, the you courses know. are better than they used to be out there, and two, it's it. There isn't a lot to work with. It's true. Like they have one feature: it's grass, and they but, have a hill. There's no mud. There's no like. I guess Other I'm turning people. into a New England cross elitist right now because <laughs> yeah. we don't need chip timing at your Wednesday night race. Well, well see, I, I don't know about that. Though. We like, obviously this, agree so, about that. No, but here's it's, the thing on that, guys. Like, here's the thing on this that I was thinking about this chip timing thing because I knew it was going to come up. They had 250 people that showed up, right? Now, think about that. You're trying to cram all of those races together. Even yeah, if – You shouldn't have to do. Well, 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 but they have to because they're trying well, to they put don't. on – well, then they just shouldn't put on an event is what you're saying, which I think is... No, that's you're making stuff up. I said they should have a training race for beginners. Okay, I well, think they're the promoters. Like a, they can do whatever they want. Based. So, like, if you don't like it, just don't show up, right? But I nobody wants up. to do... Nobody wants like, to do, like, like, a, like, a skills-based, like, training session as opposed to do yeah, a race. Like, people want so to do a I race. So when I look at all the photos and everybody's got pretty shitty form... That's what I think is man. They but that's should really everywhere. Have, it doesn't everywhere, matter. Though. Everyone has pretty <laughs> shitty form. Like everywhere. That's why there's lower categories. Oh, bullshit. Like all your cat threes are like fucking smooth dismounts. They just happen to not be able to go over five miles an hour. You know? Uh, Cross class. Come, come on out here, little guy. I will pay for whatever race entry fee you want. Whatever race you want to <laughs> enter. Local or UCI. I don't care. But you I know I want to I don't want to get crushed by J-Pow. You know I don't care about racing no, no, no. those local no, no, dorks. I race, but I'm registering you for the 2-3 race so that you can right. uh, see how our 2-3s are. I don't think anybody's disagreeing. Like, like, good form does not always translate <laughs> into great racing. And, and, and vice versa. 
Well, time out. Can't people just have fun on a Wednesday night and go race with some buddies? And if they got no, chip no. timing and yes. it's done right away, like, can't yes. that just happen? Like, no, 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 no. Good for you. You, you were like, onto something there, and then you went off track. You said, can they have fun on a Wednesday night? Yes. With chip timing and 250 <laughs> other people on a 1K course? No. That's crazy. You're, uh, you're, you can't have both. It's, it's like oil and water. I think, I think people <laughs> did have both, though. Like, I know I, you don't want to believe it, but I think people had fun. <laughs> I don't know, man. When, when I, I get fun, when I get crashed out by weird juniors, like at that race, wait, why were they weird? Why, the wait, 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 why were the juniors weird? Because they sprint in diagonal lines and run oh, into I thought, they, they, I thought they were goofy. I thought yeah, they were goofy, like the kid, like, made, had, no, they made me look like, hey, like you a wanna, jerk. You want to play GI Joe's? <laughs> I forgot about that. I had I had totally not remembered about that junior. Yeah, because your junior problem you had. Yeah, no, I mean that was that was totally that that was not your thing. Yeah, he <laughs> sprinted into the side of me, fell over, <laughs> crashed himself out in front of his dad. What the dad? And do? I'm like, dude, dad I'm do? really sorry, but I didn't do anything. He, he yeah, was behind me, and he came into the side of me. And <laughs> What am I supposed to I, do? I had not thought about that for a long time. That was really funny. What did the dad do? Nothing. He was like, oh, he knew. oh, shucks. He was embarrassed. He was like, my my kid just ran into that guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> I man, am going to put my head into the car yeah. as quick as I can. Shame. Well, guys, we got a review real quick. Um, I just want to read, and we'd love to thank uh, everyone that subscribes to iTunes and Stitcher that leaves reviews. It helps with our ranking. Email your friends. Let them know. Um, heck, maybe buy a $5 ticket to our live show in uh, Richmond, Virginia. And Spencer, what time does the live show and where can people get tickets and what theater is it at? Live show is September 25th at 10 p.m. at the Coalition Theater in Richmond, Virginia. That all broke and up. You so you said, to... That all broke up. So you said the Coalition Theater in Richmond, Virginia? Yep. Okay. And you can go to bit.ly slash slow RVA, uh, and that'll take you to our page where you can get the tickets. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for doing that. I'm going to totally need a nap that day. 10 o'clock. Oh, man. That's pretty late. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we, we should probably come up with a script, guys. Um, yeah, we'll work that out. Well, all, I think we should each individually write our own scripts on the airplane and then see if they match up. Okay. Uh, real quick, a review from Midwest Steersman left a review for us. Five stars. Fun stuff. Almost as good as the Two Johns podcast. Yes. And with that, we'd like to thank you for listening to the 72nd episode we of the We didn't Slow even Ride talk podcast. about my, my picture that I made file photo status, Tim. I wanted you to know I made file photo status at NPR. I know you're file photo status at Star Tribune, yes. but I'm file photo status at NPR on the NPR website. Tell me more. They did uh, because I think they must have listened to our piece about Greenway passing that we did last week. Uh, they had a call-in segment on Monday um, with some really good guests, uh, one from Grease Rag and one from uh, Major Taylor, who had good things to say. And it was all about uh, etiquette and passing on the Greenway and sort of how we can all share the trail between uh, fast people and jerks doing Strava and commuters and recreational cyclists that are going really slow and how we can all kind of try to share that space and how it's a good problem that this is a problem we have, you know? And um, but the best thing is if you go to the NPR website and you search, go to find the link to that story, there's a little picture of some bikers and it's the lower half of my body and my bike. It's really exciting. Is it the teapot? No, it's, it's a, it's in the, it's my road bike. It's the match. It's during the uptown crypt. Oh, nice. So well, anyway, I'm congratulations just, on being, uh, you know, it's a file. So yeah, congratulations pull that one on, out every time. Yeah. Congratulations. Catching up to me from, uh, the year 2000 when I was the cover story of the Minneapolis star tribune on election, uh, result day for messenger fashion. You guys may remember that it was the Uscatel <laughs> hat that really just set it apart. Yeah. I remember that. It was pretty cool. And, uh, oh, I'll catch up to you. We'd like to thank, uh, BK1 for his awesome song from the album Radio Dutant Cannibal, which uh, on Rhyme Sayers Entertainment for the outro and intro music. And as always, 
We'd like to have you wave to your fellow spandex clown suit wearing nerds whenever you see them out there on the road because they're one of us. Because when you don't wave, you're that guy and you don't want to be that guy. That's true. Very true. Toodles. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. According to the race predictor, I'm currently I'm currently on the podium at the track cross cup. Because <laughs> there's only good six, work. six people registered. So I'm currently I'm currently on a podium in an ECI race, race predictor wise.